This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. Welcome to season four of Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. I wanted to kick off the season with ways to help you plan and organize your homeschooling for this coming school year. In this episode, I'm talking with Rachel Allsbury. If you know her, then you already know what a treat you're in for this week. If you don't know Rachel, then as soon as this episode is over, go to her blog, rachelallsbury.com. Rachel is a writer, photographer, and a regular contributor to Wild and Free. She believes in rich learning through simple formats. She shares practical tips and tools for the homeschooling mom on her blog, rachelallsbury.com. You can also find her on Instagram at rachelallsbury. In this episode, Rachel and I will be talking about yearly and weekly planning and how to cook, clean, and keep up with normal mom stuff while teaching too. Rachel will also be sharing with us her simple start formula and what she considers her daily anchors. So get your cup of coffee and a thick notebook. You are in for a treat today. Welcome, Rachel. I'm so glad that you could join me today. I am super excited because I love your Instagram. I love following you. You have such great stuff there. Um, But I think my favorite is your blog. You have such great articles and suggestions and um, advice and your organizational tips just blow my mind. So I really wanted to have you on today and, and pick your brain on how to plan for the new year, especially for any new homeschooling moms that are going to just be starting out. But in all honesty, um, after 20 years of homeschooling myself, every year um, planning for the new year always was exciting, but it always seemed like a very daunting task too. So um, I was hoping that you could just share a little bit about all of that today. But before we start, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and your homeschool style? Yeah, thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Um, So I have four kids and they range from 11 down to three. Um, And we live in Kansas City. So we are in the middle of moving and renovating a house. Um, And we do a little bit of Charlotte Mason mixed with unschooling as our um, schooling style. I love your articles on your blog, um, especially the ones about um, planning. And it sounds like from your 
your blogs and your articles that our styles are very similar. But when you started homeschooling, um, what did your yearly and weekly planning look like? And then how has it morphed or changed through the years? Well, um, when I first started homeschooling, I refer to this period of time as my homeschooling crisis because I did zero research at all about homeschooling. I was not planning to do it. And we lived in California and they just had some new legislation. And I just was like, oh man, I thought I was going to do this and not. I had to pivot at the last minute. And so I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to do it. I just want someone to do it for me. So I just went and enrolled in a charter school and they gave me like a spreadsheet of curriculums, which was horrifying. <laughs> and um, they, I, they told me to pick one. And so I picked one and it was it, like, I would use it now and I would probably love it. It, it was Bookshark. It was like sunlight, you know, mm-hmm. and I opened it up that big binder and tried to start homeschooling and realized that we thought I was doing it and we were only doing one subject for like a week. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So I had a total breakdown and I just put it all in a drawer. Um, just put it away and like called people like SOS, please help me. So through that, I discovered Charlotte Mason. And that was amazing because it was like my bridge into a new world. Like I could, I felt safe with her guidelines, like jumping into this new thing. And so the first time I really was like, okay, redo, we're going to redo it. I, um, I did like kind of a classic Charlotte Mason curriculum. And once I discovered her, I was like, oh, I am doing this 1000%. Like I, you got, I got to get this right. Cause this is my daughter's education, you know, like being so excited about all the things. So taking all the books, you know, when you do a literature-based curriculum, you can't really pace it out because all the books are different. Mm-hmm. you know, amount sizes, different pages, different styles. And so I was trying to plot it out like on a check sheet for every day and like plot out the year and like get like metrics, right. For what I was doing, which is totally natural because those things help us gauge what we're doing. And I had no idea if what I was going to be doing is going to work. Um, and probably like a couple months into that, I just chucked the they, I spent hours on it too. I just chucked it and I was like, okay, we're just going to read the pile of books. Like, and if we don't like the book, we're just going to put it on the shelf and go to another one and read another one. And so that it actually, that was like a pretty quick transition for me because I quickly realized like how cumbersome it was going to be to try to perfectly um, quantify everything that we were doing. And you learned the lesson much sooner and quicker than I did because I was definitely that mom in the beginning where I listed out the books we wanted to read. And I literally looked at how many chapters they had and I would work backwards and figure out, well, how many books can we read in a month in order to get through, you know, all of these books. And like you, it took me much longer, but I just got overwhelmed and the kids were getting stressed out because I was so stressed out because I always felt like we were behind. Yeah. I, I didn't, I I tell people, I don't think I lowered our expectations. I just think I was more realistic about our expectations. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're thinking, Oh, we need these operations and these functions from regular school to get us from point A to point B. 
And then you realize, oh no, we're getting from point A to point B just fine. And we don't even need those things. So I, and maybe you did this too. I think a lot of moms kind of move this way is moving from like, let's lay out the big picture so we can win at homeschool at the end of this and go back to, let's just actually try to win at every day doing a little bit. And that will get us from point A to point B too, but we don't have to figure it all out ahead of time per se. So that's kind of where we ended up. We ended up doing morning basket. We put all the books in there and then we would, you know, read a little every day and whatever our attention span could do, we did. And we got through a ton of material and we read tons of great books. So it, it did work. It does work that way. <laughs> I love it. So I know in your, um, your blog, you have two things that really caught my eye and I loved uh, reading over them. And I wish I was still homeschooling so that I could uh, go back and kind of apply um, those. But can you explain uh, two of the things that are on your, your blog? One is your, your simple homeschooling plan and then your simple start formula. Can you explain those to us and how you use them? Yeah. So the schema is a tool. See, I have names for these things, but they're things that you already probably do, but I named them names because it helps people to go, Oh, this is legitimate. So the schema (laughs) is just a tool that I use to decide the, what of what are we going to learn in the coming year? And I think that is, was key for me because we're homeschool moms and I love us because we're like very zealous and we're very into what we're doing. And we go all in, we overplan, we overschedule because we love our kids and we want to give them everything. And um, we just sign up for a little bit too much. And then on top of that, we look at the next mom over and we get FOMO because we see what she's and we're like, oh my gosh, we got to have violin lessons. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, we're not doing Shakespeare. So I'm like, okay, I got to shut that down. So let me use this, the schema. So the schema has five parts. It's five broad areas where I plug in one resource per area. And I promise myself to do one. So I do math. I choose one math curriculum every year. We just pick up wherever we left off from the last year. Um, I pick one language arts. So like if they're just learning to read, the little ones will do a phonics. And then if they've already learned to read, then we'll pick an area of language arts that we want to work on. You don't have to do all the language arts areas at one time. I, I learned that. So maybe my older girls would do a spelling curriculum. And then the next category is books. So I will get a book list from wherever. And that I, I love to use peaceful press is one, one that I like. Um, and there's tons of companies that do literature based where you can get their book list and that covers all the subject oriented, um, things like, you know, science, history, literature, geography. Um, so I do that. And the next one that I do is writing and writing for us isn't necessarily a curriculum as much as just like a daily practice. Um, we've never used a writing curriculum. We'll just do like journal entries or my girls like to creative write. And then I'll just use that writing and kind of correct it as we go. So they kind of learn. Um, but we do a little of that every day as a practice. And then in the last category was a kind of a breakthrough for me because, you know, you have all these amazing things you can study in homeschool. And when you jump into that world, it's like a world gets open to you of like, whoa, all these amazing things we can learn. We can watercolor, we can nature journal, we can, you know, tea time every day, like all these things we could do. And that was, I was putting that on myself to decide out of the whole world of knowledge, like, what do we want to do? And I stopped doing that. And I actually handed that part to my kids. So I said, I'm going to, 
do the base things that I know I really want to give you that I want you to have. And then you guys get to decide about all the others. If you want to take piano or if you want to do watercolor or whatever. So then the last part of my schema is just large blocks of free time for interest-led stuff. So that's what I do every year. And I don't have to stress about whatever someone else is doing anymore. I just plug that in. I love how you put a name to it. Um, but that's basically how I wind up getting to it where I came up. I finally realized I had to have like just very specific, but general, I know that sounds crazy goals for each kid. So like, you know, they each had a one or two academic goals and that's what I focused on that year. So I didn't overload with the whole language arts thing. And I didn't overload this whole math curriculum. It was always just picking What's that one thing, you know, that Joe really needs to work on this year in math? And what's that one thing Francesca really needs to work on? And um, I think when mamas really use, you know, your way of thinking, that it really does make it more doable. You really can, you know, do this homeschooling thing one step at a time, one bite at a time. So can you also tell us, though, about your simple start formula? Yeah, so simple start formula is just a little something I put together to help the new moms that are just doing this, to answer that evergreen question that just plagues us every time we stop and think about it. Am I doing enough? How do I know I'm doing enough? And kind of nobody wants to answer this question because we don't want to place rules and regulations on people, especially like we're trying to get out of the rules, right? Like we're trying to come into freedom. So we're hesitant to be like, here's the perfect formula. And I, what I've realized is that what I wanted as a new homeschooler, and I think a lot of moms, is a safety net and like just a little bit of something where we feel like we put the parachute on and jump out of the plane and then we'll figure out everything else when we get on the ground. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so um, the simple start formula is it's a few things. One, it's four. And actually I'm adding a fifth because I'm in the middle of working on it right now. Mm -hmm. Four basic principles, right? Um, Academic readiness over age, um, people over curriculum. So the curriculum serves us. We don't serve it. Um, play is essential. And the other one I have to look at because I just lost it out of my brain right now. (laughs) What is the fourth one? I have to go look it up now. I think it's start backwards. Start backwards. Thank you. See, that's the most important (laughs) one. And I just forgot it. Um, so it's start backwards. So those are the principles. And then you have the, I designed like a little pyramid to kind of give you a visual of like the proportions of how you're actually going to spend your day as a homeschooler. And that's where kind of start backwards comes in because it starts with, let's actually not start with the content and the curriculum right away. And like, then try to build everything around that because that gets frustrating. Let's just go ahead and start with where we're actually at with our kids because most of what we do all day long, like the biggest proportion of our day as a homeschool mom with small children is going to be caregiving. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. Like the meals aren't going to stop. The diapers aren't going to stop. None of that's going to stop just because we got out math. So we got to factor that in. So the bottom of the, the pyramid is the caregiving routines, and that's the big piece. Um, and that's important to your child's education because one of the number one determinants of academic success is secure attachment to a caregiver and the safety. And like, plus, you know, when you think about it, like, are they going to do a good job at, at math if they haven't had like a good breakfast and little time to like, you know, rest or get good sleep or whatever? So then the next piece um, is kind of the glue that holds it together. And that is the free play. So that's the other 
proportion of how, if you have little children, that's how they're going to spend their day. And you want them to do that because number one is really important to their education because children, when they're free playing, they, I mean, they've done tons of research on this and figured out that they actually use some of their most advanced vocabulary when they're doing, when they're playing and that they, when they play, you know, when you learn something new and you form that little connection, that synapse, I think it's called in your brain, you do that. Like you, you'll need like 10 repetitions when you're playing. Whereas if you're doing like rote memorization, you have to do it like 40 times. So they're learning. And then that's going to also lead them into like higher level learning. When they get older, it's going to go from playing with blocks on the floor to like maybe building a robot. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you want that. And plus it's practical because you're just not going to be able to completely hold up like structured learning in your day. Like you're just not going to be able to, you don't have the bandwidth for that. So the structured learning part's like the capstone, right? That's the smallest piece. People are like, what? Are you serious? Like, yes, I'm totally serious. Um, it's going to be the smallest piece. It's going to be like one to two hours of your whole day. Um, and then I break that up into pieces, like little formats. So like the first format I recommend is reading aloud. So to cover all of those topical based subjects, do the read aloud. And then the other format is table time. So when you want to work on your skill building subjects like math and phonics, you go to the table and you only do those things for maybe like 15 minutes a subject and that's your homeschool day. So I just wanted to give people some metrics for that because I think sometimes that's missing. People don't say like, yeah, expect two hours a day or like, yeah, that's 15 minutes is probably going to be about as much as your first grader is going to want to do on addition. But no one like really wants to say that to you, but I'm like, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to give you permission to go ahead and do that. And then if you want to fix it and make, go, take it up or, you know, remove it or whatever you, you can absolutely do that. And I'd love, because when I saw your pyramid, I think that that just in itself gives moms the freedom to not feel guilty about not doing school all day long. Or like you said, I have so many moms come up to me and say, I don't think I'm doing enough. I'm not doing this homeschooling thing right because we're done in you know just a couple of hours. And so the way you have it um, drawn out with your pyramid, it really does show the mom that all of the caregiving that you're doing and all of the nurturing and all the stuff that just comes with being a mom, that is part of your your homeschooling. Because in, in our case, we always looked at our homeschooling as a lifestyle. It wasn't just a part of our day. It was, it was everything. And so I love that. And then mamas also feel so guilty when they let their kids just play. And today's world, they're just robbing our kids of that innocence and that time to just be kids and to just play. And so it really is a big, uh, big part of homeschooling. And I like to say, even when they're older, they're just, their play is different. Um, you know, they're banging on the piano instead coming up with their own songs or, you know, it's just, they're a different kind of, um, play. I think you even started to talk a little bit, even though you, um, you didn't call it this, but can you tell us a little bit about your daily anchors, what they are and, and how you use them? Yeah. So I, the idea of my sister helped me come up with this idea of daily anchors. Cause I got to give her credit. We were, I was just mulling over. So I had the, my fourth baby and he's a little guy who just, he's demanding and we love him to pieces, but he just needs a lot. And where I could kind of get away with my girls would be to do what we kind of all naturally do when we try to like organize our day or like have a vision for our day is do like the static kind of like linear, like this and that, this and that. And then you, if you miss a this and that, 
you're all, it's gone. Like you broke the whole thing up and you don't know where, where to go. Right. So I was like, let's make, can we just design a day where it's like a little bit more modular to where like I can move things around a little bit. And so we came up with the idea of daily anchors, which is like pick like five things at the most that are pieces in your day that are number one things you already have to do. So mealtime is a daily anchor. And I, I like to have mealtime as an anchor because it resets everybody and it's a great connection point in our day. And I already have to do it no matter what. Um, and then like we have other anchors that I picked that are like just non-negotiable things we're going to do every day. We're going to read aloud a little bit. Um, we're going to do a few chores. We're going to have a little chore time. Um, we're going to have a rest time, a some hour of quiet in the day. So they, I use those and kind of to give me points in the day, but I can flow that I can flow around. So it's not like it has to happen in a perfect order. And it's not like it's an immovable thing. It's more of just like, let me get a reset point and let me get a life raft going here in my day. So that's what the, the anchors are. And um, we pretty much keep the same ones pretty much all the time. Um, I'm sure they'll change as everybody grows a little bit. I think rest time's becoming more of just like a quiet afternoon time. Like for my older ones, I still rest on rest time. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Um, but those, those have just kept our family sane and they've kept me from, I think, over scheduling and over planning too. I love that too. And I love that you, um, you put emphasis on mealtime. And to have your anchors basically be many of the things you're already doing, because once again, moms, you know, especially the ones who are coming home, they, they just have this mindset of what school is supposed to look like and what homeschooling is supposed to look like. And when you remind them that actually connections are being made and lots of great discussions are being had um, at mealtime, and then if you include the meal prep, <laughs> which in our house, that takes a long time too. It, we just live in the kitchen and I'm sure with four kids, you're constantly in the kitchen. So the prepping for meals and the uh, actual eating of the meals and then cleaning up after the meal, it's all a wonderful opportunity um, for, for family time and for conversations and discussions. And um, our meal time, it was a, we called it our soul time in the morning because that mm. was when we did our Bible study as well. So um, it was one of the only times of the day where my son, especially when he was little, that his hands were uh, busy and his mouth was full. So I could actually have like maybe five minutes of his attention. Um, but our lunchtime was also a big anchor in our day because my husband uh, works from home. Mm -hmm. And so we also had the blessing of having him around at lunch too. And so at lunch, we also still had those great conversations, but I always had a game off to the side. And so as we were having lunch or after lunch, it was always like a time for us to just pull out a game and we would just, you know, have marathon Uno's, Uno tournaments or uh, Sushi Go was a big one for a while. We played that one an awful lot. So yeah, having those anchor times and I love the word anchor because it describes exactly what you're doing with your kids. It, it anchors your day. It anchors your family. It anchors actually your entire school year around these daily things that you're, you're doing. Let's talk about the last one here because uh, you know, we just talked about mealtime. <laughs> so besides homeschooling, you know, we have these hungry mouths to feed and we still have these dirty clothes 
to wash and the chaotic rooms need to be cleaned and those lovely errands, they constantly need to be uh, run. So what, what are some simple ways that you keep up with life and homemaking at the same time? So um, one of my personal mottos <laughs> has become <laughs> the key to happiness is rock bottom expectations. So I, that's a joke, but because we, we want to be excellent and do our best, of course, and all these things. But when it came to housekeeping stuff, like I had to ask myself, it was that fourth baby that did it for me. <laughs> I had to ask myself like, okay, beyond like what makes me feel good and like what looks pretty in my house, what actually needs to happen in my house for it to function. And I need to move to making my housekeeping things, things that contribute to the functionality of my home because that's what we need the most. So like I kind of went back to the drawing board because I would have, I used to have a day where I would just clean the house for the whole day on a Tuesday and, you know, just get that reset in the week. And I love that. And I hope I, I get that again one day, but I don't have it right now. <laughs> so I said, okay, so what would, what do we need around here? We need clean dishes to eat off of. We got to have, got to be able to find stuff where we, where we need it. We got to have clothes to wear. Um, and so those are the main things that we got to focus on. And so we made up six essential chores just from those things. So we're going to unload and load the dishwasher every day. We're going to tidy up the common areas of our house. I don't tidy the kids' rooms every day. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that we're going to take down the laundry every day from downstairs and we're going to fold and put away one basket every day. And my kids help me with those six chores every day. Plus what I also realized is sometimes I won't get housework done because I have a roadblock and I promise you hundred percent of the time, my roadblock is I don't want to go unload the dishwasher. I won't, I'll be like, I have all these dishes. I forgot to unload the dishwasher. So I'm like every day, my six-year-old unloads the dishwasher. She can't even reach the cupboards, but she puts it on the counter. And like, for some reason, this is just like all I need. So every day we do the same things and it keeps our house just running basically. And then when it comes to deep cleaning or like cleaning my bathroom or whatever, I've just right now in the season of life, if someone's coming over, I'll go do it 15 minutes before they get there. Or like, we're going to show our house tomorrow. And so I'm going to go up and clean my daughter's room. You know what I mean? Real quick. Mm -hmm. But um, we've just let the rest of that be because it doesn't, it's, I love having a clean, beautiful home, but that's not necessarily what contributes to my family feeling taken care of per se. They love it, but it's not like truly filling those caregiving needs. And so that is, that's how we do our housekeeping now. I love the six basic chores and, and each mom can have a different one. I mean, they don't have to be your six, but it, it definitely keeps it doable. It's definitely something that, you know, moms can do, especially moms like you that have bigger families. I did read on your blog, um, something to do. I loved it. It was your basket method. Can you explain that to, to us real quick? Because I yes. love that. I want the moms to hear this before uh, we close out. The basket method is my oldest blog post. It's been on my blog for 10 years and it was like my most trafficked blog post ever. And back when Google or Google let you see like how people found you, you would not believe the number of people that Google how to clean how to clean a messy room. And that was the title of the post. And I got tons of traffic off of it. It's old now and dated because it's on another website, but I'll tell you. What I do, and I do it room by room now. I used to do it through my whole house when I had a small house. Now I do it per room. I'll take three baskets and I will go to a super messy room. And the anatomy of a messy room is always going to be laundry, 
trash and stuff that goes somewhere else almost always. So I'll take the three baskets and I will just start scooping stuff up. I will do laundry in one trash and run one and stuff that goes somewhere else in another one. Like, I don't care what, if it's a hundred dollar bill, it's going in the basket. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's blocks. It's going Barbie, whatever it goes in there. Then, then your room's cleaned up and you can think straight. So then you could do things like, um, like it was my kitchen. I would go, you know, clean the kitchen or whatever, but let's say it's a toy room. I'm going to vacuum. I'm going to tidy and oh, the room's clean. I can breathe. And then I go deal with the baskets, start a load of laundry, take the other basket out to the trash. Like I'm immediately like 500% better. And then I have all the mess that I cleaned up from the room in the basket. And then I can at a quiet time later do what I call the sort and deliver. I'll just lay it out on the table, sort it out in the categories where it goes. And then I'll get my kids to deliver it to wherever it goes to. And I, I just, I'm doing that right now in a room upstairs, like this moment. And it's like, oh my gosh, like rubber bands and Play-Doh and beads and rocks and underwear. And so anyway, um, that's the basket method and it's super simple, but, um, it gets the job done. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So I, I wanted to make sure that, uh, the moms who haven't had a chance to read it, um, you, you were able to explain it. Okay. So before we go, what words of encouragement can you give to moms who might be feeling a little overwhelmed or outnumbered or not quite sure, um, how she's going to manage being mom and teacher at the same time? Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Well, for one, if you feel overwhelmed and challenged, it's because you are, it's a challenging time. This is like the most intensive parenting investment season that I think I've, I'm in right now. Um, I know that other um, seasons of parenting have other forms of investment. Like I'm sure you're more into like the emotional and like decision-making time um, with older kids, but with the little kids, you're at this like crazy convergence of like the intellectual needs and the physical needs all coming together at one time. You got to do kind of doing everything all the time. So my word of encouragement would be that, um, well, I'm a Christian. And so I believe that, you know, in the bounds that God laid out for us, um, he made it so simple. Like he used two anchors, right? Uh Jesus said, I'm going to sum this whole thing up in two things. It's you got to love God and you got to love people. And he just gave us this wide place to be in. And so I can take off the expectations and the rules and the legalism that people have added on to how I need to be as a mother or a teacher or whatever that is. And I can stop and I can say, actually, my job right now is to love God and love people. And maybe I'm going to love people by teaching them math today or whatever that is. But there is freedom to do that how you want to do it. And how, you know, you can pray about that and ask the Holy Spirit. Like if you need to stop doing science curriculum, that's like terrible for you. And you just need to go sit on the couch and learn science that way, reading some books, like you have freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. And so I would just say, there's a scripture I just read the other day. It's Psalm 119. I want to say it's verse 45, but there's a lot of verses in that Psalm, but he said, um, when I know your precepts and I know your ways, I walk in freedom. And so when we are connected to the ultimate mission that God has for us, we get to walk in freedom. So that's what I would encourage you to do is to know that your real job is really to love God and love people. And then you get a ton of freedom in between with how that looks. 
As usual, you just boiled it down to two <laughs> of the most important anchors out there. Love the Lord and love each other. And I never thought using math as a way to love on my kids. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's a little bit of a stretch, but you know. <laughs> hey, sometimes you just got to hear it. I tell moms all the time, don't ruin your relationship with your kid over long division. It's not oh. worth it. <laughs> And it is not. And that's why we switched to teaching textbooks as soon as long division came. (laughs) Well, thank you, Rachel. I so enjoyed this. And again, thank you for taking time out because I know you're in the middle of moving and remodeling and showing your house and using the three basket method to get your house ready. So I really do appreciate your time. And um, I'll be praying for you as you guys make the big move to your new home. Thank you. It's such an honor to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with Rachel and I and for joining us for this little coffee and conversation. If this is your first time joining me, you can find me at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. And don't forget to check out Rachel's blog at rachelalsbury.com. I also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at my Instagram account, coffeewithcarryconsultant. Don't forget to check out my book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you're new to homeschooling or you're looking for ways to simplify your homeschooling, this is a perfect book to read. If you heard something you liked or something new, then share a podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week or with a homeschooling friend who is looking for ways to simplify their home and homeschooling. If you haven't already, we would love for you to subscribe to Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcasts and then maybe take a few minutes to leave a little review. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, book, and homeschool mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. And see you next time.